You are listening to the Humble Hustlers podcast. We are two girls and a mic on a mission to spread love, positivity, making money, manifesting your dreams, and more. Hey, Hustlers. Today, we are proud to announce that we have a very special guest. Her name is Rosina Moda. And she's actually a financial advisor, um, and she's going to be talking to us today about planning for the future and investing in ourselves. And also, there is a little cameo of her cat, so it's pretty cute. And she's actually going to be teaching us how to determine our financial independence number. In order to figure out your financial independence number, you really want to estimate how much money you're going to need per year at retirement, and then multiply that by at least 25 or 30. You know, not everybody expects to live into their 90s, but I would much rather have somebody plan for a long and healthy life as opposed to, you know, not having enough. You definitely don't want to fall short there. So you really want to think ahead and save for your future. I also think a big of saving is not just how much you save, but where you save it. You know, everybody either has a credit card or a debit card and they use it all the time. And if we are dependent on credit cards, then we are dependent on somebody else earning compound interest off of our money. And it's better to earn compound interest than it is to give it to somebody else. So if we're racking up credit card debt, which, you know, holidays are coming and it's going to happen if it hasn't already, then I think teaching people how to learn about compound interest is going to be beneficial. And I encourage people to look up things like the rule of 72. You know, it, it gives you the option to learn where to put your money. You know, if you've got money that you are getting your direct deposit, great. You know, we're all taught to go and put our money into the bank and into savings. But when you only have like 1% interest, if that, it's not a place where you're going to have your money growing. If you really want your money to grow, you need to put it into something where you're going to grow it at a higher interest rate. So um, for someone who is not super familiar with the rule of 72, what would you say that is and how could that benefit you? Sure. If you were to take um, the formula for the rule of 72, it, it's basically telling you about how long it'll take for you to turn $1 into two. So if you take your, say, $10,000 in savings and you put it into something that pays you 1% interest versus something that pays you like 10% interest, it's going to take you 72 years at that 1% interest rate to double your money. But if you put it into the right bucket and you're earning a lot more in interest, then it's not going to take you as long. So if you get something that has like a 10% interest rate, it's going to double your money every 7.2 years approximately. And then I am assuming that you basically have a list of places where people could invest or things that people could do to make their money grow. Um, and like you said, with the credit cards, it's much better to get that interest in your pocket than you having to pocket out that money to someone else, like the banks or whoever's lending you out that money. A hundred percent. When you realize that you can invest in yourself for something that you're going to need anyway, it, the light bulb goes off. So when I came into the business, I learned that anything tied to life insurance is not considered an asset. So although I'm putting money into a 401k, I'm going to end up paying taxes on that. 
And right now, tax rate's about 33%. I'm about 20, 25 years away from retirement and historically, taxes go up, they don't go down. So for somebody like me who still has a long way to go before retirement, I don't know how much they're gonna deduct when I take money out of my 401k. But if you were to invest in yourself for say a life insurance, that money, it's gonna grow over time. You know, put that money aside. You're already getting taxed on your income. Put that money into a, a life insurance policy. It's an indexed account. It's gonna grow interest. You are, you are going to end up saving money in the long run. You're going to end up with what we like to call generational wealth. But you can, like I said, you can either become um, a financial gift or a financial burden to your family. And if you invest in a life insurance policy that earns interest, that ends up having a cash, your family is going to have that, that safety net, not just because, you know, that day is going to come and you're going to pass, but they're going to have to, to like grow from. They're going to have money where they can live off of. They're going to have money that's going to end that generational debt. And if your family's anything like mine, we never talked about money. We never talked about how we paid the bills. That it might be just a cultural thing. Um, maybe it's not like that in all homes, but I definitely share that with you. Um, we never really talked about finances or budgeting because that's something my parents took care of and somehow they always managed to make ends meet. But I'm really glad you brought up uh, generational wealth because that's something that you want to ensure that you leave for the following generations. You build um, a legacy plan, yeah. Definitely. Um, and then I know you were talking about like index accounts and then um, compound interest. Do you want to go a little into detail about that? Sure. The, the index accounts, um, it, like I was telling you about the life insurance uh, policies, an index universal life account is the, the type of account that most people don't even know exists. Um, everybody feels that security and having uh, a group policy through work, but what most people don't realize is that if you aren't working anymore, that policy doesn't go with you. There are companies out there that do offer you a, a policy that is mobile that you can take with you, but if you ever get laid off, if you retire and it's not a policy that goes with you, then you lose that coverage. So you lose that opportunity to plan for that early enough in life where you can put money into something that will grow interest. And the compound is interest is what I touched on about the rule of 72. It's the rule of compound interest. It teaches you, like, it's not just how to keep your money, but where you keep it. It helps you learn uh, the best bucket to put into. Um, the, the biggest obstacle I think most people have is that they don't understand that they can make money work for them instead of always being in the mindset of working for money. I think if people were to actually sit down with somebody like myself or my colleagues and have a, a financial needs assessment, they'll actually see where their money goes because I don't think everybody has taken the time to sit down and do a budget. And if I'm being completely honest, I didn't either. I thought I was fine. I, you know, had a full-time job. I'm working for the county. You know, I, I had uh, so many years in private sector. So, you know, I'm going to get social security and now I'm going to be vested for a government agency. 
So I'm gonna have a pension and I'm putting money into a 401k. And then I sat down and I did an assessment on myself and I was like, um, yeah, no, I don't have it all together. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think if people see concrete numbers on paper, then it helps them identify like, okay, well, these are the needs, these are the wants, and then these are the sometime expenses like holidays and birthdays. And once you identify just how much you spend and how much you have left over, then you can determine like where you can go. You know, not everybody is going to be able to put $500 a month away, but there are, there are people who can put away 50. There are people who could put away 100. I think the, the biggest part for me when it comes to getting the word out about what I do, it's one little nugget that they didn't know. And they're like, how did I not know this? I'm X years old. How did I not understand this? How did I not think this? But, you know, it, it's, we go through life day to day and we're in the either employee mindset or the broke mindset or the it's just not going to happen for me mindset. And we just got to get out of that. Because right now, the fact that I am able to start my own business as an advisor, when everybody's at home, when everybody's on lockdown again, and without any boundaries, I mean, before, people used to meet in person, and you were limited to just how far you could drive in a day. But now, you know, I've got clients that are in Vegas. I've, I've got people that I'm talking to across the country. I'm in Southern California and I really have no boundaries. And I think the opportunity to share financial literacy is something that we all need to get on board with, whether it's just sharing it on social media, telling a friend, Hey, you know, you want that cup of coffee and believe me, I'm a coffee fan. <laughs> you may want that cup of coffee, but you know, if you were to put that away for a month, what could that do for you? What could that do for your family? Agreed. And um, times have seriously changed, as you said. Now we're on social media, we're on other types of platforms. Um, so right now, it's like whoever wants to learn can, and there's like multiple resources available. So it, it's really good that we are able to access this information through various people. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm really happy that you're sharing so that we can find out how to be better prepared for when we retire. Like I said, times have changed, so it's time to get on board with new ways that we can benefit for our future. Absolutely, and I think because the discussions aren't common in the household that we've come from, then it's even more important to get that out there because these are the important conversations. Whether it's about how money is currently being spent, it's up to them but at least learn the options to make informed decisions. So then that way you can share it with the rest of the family. Not everybody has the same income. Not everybody has the same goals. Not everybody has the same dreams, but we, we're all bound by the same dollar. So we need to learn how to make it work. Yeah, I think it's really important that we all start with what we have, where we're at. You just have to be able to put your mind to it. Decide that you're going to start investing in yourself, most importantly. Um, I mean, we have no trouble spending on other people or paying other people um, that are charging us, like the government, and we don't really put up a fight. 
So it's like, okay, I have no trouble um, paying the government, but why do I have such an issue paying myself? So um, I think that's super important. Well, and, and it's even the little things, you know, everybody has a phone and phones are not cheap. And, you know, if you're lucky enough to be in a position to pay for the new phone up front and not have that monthly fee, great. But if you're like me, you break it out into payments with your service plan. And, you know, people, they don't scoff at spending a thousand bucks on a new phone or, you know, $2,500 on a new laptop or, you know, going into debt with a new vehicle. But, you know, these are assets because we use them daily but they're not, they're not really an asset. They're actually a burden because these are bills. So why not have something that's a bill that actually pays you back for something that is going to happen? You know, those difficult conversations about debt, they need to happen. And if it's, if it's not going to happen, you know, with the previous generations, it's up to us now to share that. It's up to us now to talk about money, to talk about the inevitable, to plan for tomorrow. I think it's really important that, I mean, I, I think it's really good that you bring that point up. Um, no one expected COVID, but here we are. Um, we've been in quarantine for God knows how long. Um, it started back in February, March. So um, it's getting close to a year. And like I said, not something that we were expecting, but like I said, here we are. Um, some people were left jobless and they were financially unstable. So um, for people that are living paycheck to paycheck, it's like if they had set those $50 a month aside, um, maybe times wouldn't be so rough. Or um, unfortunately we did have a lot of people that passed away and they also didn't have um, their funeral expenses set up. So um, we saw a lot of GoFundMe pages on like social media, Facebook, Instagram, um, all sorts of places. And that's like a really sad scenario, but um, it's something that we have to keep in mind. And it's good that um, we do that now that we're young and we don't become a burden. So um, definitely something to keep in mind. Yeah, GoFundMe's uh, and car washes and fundraisers, they bring people together. There's no doubt about it. And you know what? When times are tough and something happens and you need people to come together for you, it's a great vehicle. But it's not a plan. And if people had a plan in place, they wouldn't need to rely on somebody sharing a post on social media to try and get a donation or being skeptical if that's actually going to the right people or if somebody's gonna take advantage. You know, getting a plan in place, securing that for the future, it's, it's a small price to pay. And like you said, right now with COVID and everybody being either concerned or, you know, some people not as concerned about whether it's an actual thing, regardless, you know, people have passed and people are being affected and when, when all is said and done, everybody is going to pass eventually. So why not plan for it? Why not plan for becoming that financial gift for your family as opposed to a burden? I really don't like the word burden, but a stressor. <laughs> Definitely a stressor. Yeah, it does. One thing that I wanted to add about the um, GoFundMe was that, you know, you guys were both saying that people heavily rely on the GoFundMe 
And I even remember that Huffington Post had made an entire blog about the GoFundMe sounding um, not being a life insurance. So what would you say um, about that? Would you agree that way too many people are relying on GoFundMes? Like if it was a life insurance policy? Yeah, I, I think people see it as a safety net now. I, I don't think as many people understand that, you know, one, it's going to happen eventually to all of us. But I also think those conversations aren't being had to plan for those, whether we are in that gap generation where we're taking care of, you know, parents and children, or if it's just parents. The fact is, you know, the that time is going to come for all of us. And having something like GoFundMe can be a safety net for some, not not in a disrespectful way, but, you know, it's the only option for them because it does come by surprise. But I think that because the conversations aren't being had and people aren't planning for it, they it's not even a consideration for them. It's not something that they are um, worried about. It's just not on their radar because it's not something that you grow up talking about in the household, you know. Somebody like me who had a lot of older people in the family and I was raised by grandparents, I had that lens where I, I was unfortunately around a lot of funerals growing up, but I would not have known how to pay for them. So even though I had the experience of going to a lot of them, it didn't mean that the conversations were were in place either. So learning how to plan for them, I because I, I had grandparents who planned with life insurance, I, I didn't have the type of burden that I had when my mom passed. You know, with her, we weren't prepared for it either. And it was fairly sudden from diagnosis to death. It was just a matter of weeks. So there was a lot of scrambling and coming together. But, you know, when it comes to those conversations, I, I tend to deal with humor. <laughs> so I, I would joke around like with my grandparents and I would tell them, you know, if you don't tell me what you want for your final, then I'm going to dress you in purple and I'm not going to put flowers. And, you know, I would try and make it light just to at least break the ice and, and have those conversations. But it, it's still just not easy, you know, especially when you come from, from households like we do, where it, it's practically avoided, like intentionally avoided, because that's just not what you talk about. That's exactly true. So um, in my household, um, which is a Latino, Mexican, um, pretty traditional um, household, we don't talk about one, finances, two, death, and um, there's a few other taboo uh, topics on the table, but mm -hmm. um, those are really important um, topics that we need to address to be able to keep up financially. Um, our economy is cutthroat, and we definitely need to be proactive um, in keeping up. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and you know, my my family. I'm you know, I'm from a, a family that my grandparents came across when they were young and we're lucky enough that, that they were able to establish a life here and be proud Mexican Americans. <laughs> but, you know, they, they were only able to do so much. And, you know, with large families, getting the word out, it's important. 
you know, you need to be able to share with everybody and not just have one person know what your wishes are. It, it needs to be with everybody, you know, have, make it that conversation that it becomes comfortable. Even though it's ugly to have, it's, it's important. So I know it's a really difficult topic, um, but how would you go about planning for yourself? I, I, would, I would suggest that regardless of what age somebody is, that they start, that they plan for it. Whether it's having the detailed discussion of, you know, the type of casket or color of flowers, that's not necessarily the case when you first start, but it's important to start. It's important to find out that number, find out, you know, people don't realize how expensive funerals can be. And if they have a home that they own, there's going to be a balance to pay off. If they've got vehicles, if they've got debt, you know, they need to come to the conclusion that there's a, a dollar amount that hangs above their head. So make that a goal. You know, I'm telling people, you're starting to do your vision board for 2021. Put it on your vision board that this year you're going to take control of your finances because in a time where there's so much COVID chaos, if you can take control of one thing, make it your finances. Make it something that is going to solidify your future because if, if you're not able to do that for yourself, you're not going to be able to do that for anybody else. And if you're in a position where you're a spouse or if you're if you have children or if you have parents that you're taking care of, you need to have that that uh, lens for planning. And let's say that there was somebody out there that was listening right now and these conversations were something that they were interested in having with you, where would they be able to uh, reach out to you? I would say the first thing would be um, on my Instagram, I have my link. Um, they can send me information, they can send me a DM uh, to reach out to you, I'd be happy to sit down with anybody to not only share what it is that I do and how I could hopefully bring value to their plans, but put them in a position where I can clarify where they are and where they need to be based on their own goals. You know, everybody has a different plan for their life. And if uh, somebody was interested in getting something started, then you know, the first things first, it's a, a quick Zoom. Let's sit down. Let's see who you are, where you want to be. I'll tell you a little bit about myself and and we'll have that discussion together and hopefully make it a little bit easier. Yeah. And then I just want to bring up one thing is that you don't necessarily have to be in the scenarios to reach out to a financial advisor like Rosina. For example, my family has everything planned out. They all have wills since I was like about three years old. My mom already had a will and she had everything set in motion where if she was to die, our house would get paid off. Um, she already had bought in her um, place where she was going to be buried. She had a will saying how she wanted everything to be done. And my family, um, they, they both, both of my parents are entrepreneurs. So for us, money was something that we always talked about how to make money different ways to make money. And, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you kind of got to work harder because if, if sales are not coming in, you're not making money versus, you know, when you have a corporate job or, you know, you work for somebody else, whether it's a busy day or a slow day, you're going to get paid. But even then having all of those conversations and my parents being, um, you know, so planned out with everything that they did, 
growing up, um, as I became an adult, I had a lot of financial struggles because I knew how to make a lot of money, but my problem was saving money. So I feel like there might be people out there that might be in a kind of different position and they would still need a financial advisor like yourself to guide them in the right direction because sometimes saving money might be the hardest part because you're bringing all kinds of money in, but if you're not saving money, it's just like as if you were not making it at all. So what would you say to someone like that? I think if if people learn about saving money and where you save it, it it's going to be a, a, a game changer. A lot of people know that, hey, I have a bank account and I've got a savings account. I've got a 401k, so I'm set. But then they don't realize that taxes come into play and they don't realize that, you know, when when they retire, tax rates are going to be way different than they are now. And it it helps them understand when we sit down with somebody for the first time that there is a game plan that we can put together for you. We just need to know, you know, what it, what is it that you want to do? Do you see yourself traveling in retirement? Do you see yourself wanting to, you know, pay off a house? Do you see yourself being a homebody and just being around family? Either way, you need money to live off of. And, you know, planning for that and setting that money aside, it, it's, it's what we help people do. We, we help them put that plan in place. And, you know, like you said, whether you have money and you're putting it away and you have something to show for it or not, you know, we're, we're able to either clarify where people are or amplify their goals. At the end of the day, you want to be able to share that information with people so they can make informed decisions and, and the choice is up to them what they do with it. Once you sit down with somebody, you know, they have that information in front of them and they can make that decision to um, set a plan in place or or just think it over. But once people see what we can do for them, it, it it's hard to walk away. Yeah, definitely. So one thing that we want everyone listening today to take out of this is that no matter if you're completely brand new or if you feel like you have already somewhat experienced, there is always something that you can learn from a professional and it doesn't hurt to ask questions because sometimes you may think that you got it covered and you know everything. And like you said earlier, there might be that one nugget that is preventing you from being able to, you know, accomplish a goal that you might have thought would take a lot longer. So if anyone out there is listening and this pertains to them and they're kind of interested, what would be the one piece of advice that you could give them? of why they should choose going to a professional like yourself versus just them thinking, oh, I can do this on my own. Well, everybody can do it on their own if they have the right tools, but 99% of the time you don't know what you don't know. So if, if I can bring something to the table and bring value to somebody and share that nugget of info that they may not have known before, then it's going to be uh, something that they'll have uh, in place to plan for their tomorrow. Um, most financial advisors, uh, for, especially for the wealthy, they charge hundreds of dollars an hour and we just don't, you know, that's not what we do. We are, are able to provide the services to our clientele because we have a strength of selection. We're able to tailor plans to people based on working with over 200 companies. So you know, we don't charge our client. We, we are able to get paid through the companies that say, you know what, thanks for bringing client A to me because we know that you could have gone to anybody, but you came to us. 
so you know for that we're going to pay you so your your advisor is actually going to get paid but it's not going to be from you so the the ability to sit down with somebody and say i'm going to be able to help you out i'm going to bring you to that level that only the wealthy had as a benefit before and i'm going to help strengthen you know that middle class and tell them this can happen for you too and it's not going to cost you a penny you're going to invest in yourself and this money is going to go right back to you i mean it, it it's something that that it could be a game changer i would definitely tell people regardless of whether you you think you have it all planned out or not sit down with somebody who can show you what the possibilities are and if you learn something new it's fantastic but if you don't and you're you're already on track then great the worst thing that could happen is that you spent 30 minutes with somebody who was going to uh, put that that effort towards getting you to where you want to be and i can definitely also attest to the fact that there is always something to be learned um Rosina actually had invited me to a webinar and that's where I learned about the rule of 72, which is what you were talking about earlier. And I had no idea that it would take 72 years with a regular savings account for you to be able to double your money. And it's like, I'm not going to live another 72 years. And, you know, I feel like when you're growing up middle class, they always push, get a savings account, get a savings account. It's great. You know, you build all kinds of interests. And in reality, you don't. So I feel like you said earlier, a lot of times when you're middle class, the things that you're taught aren't really made to make you wealthy. They're actually made to prevent you from becoming wealthy and for you to stay in the same class that you are, if not bring you down a class. And that's where I think we hear a lot of the rich get richer and the poor stay poor, you know? So I feel like having someone like you, for example, that you take the time to invite people and that you welcome their questions is so amazing because there are people like, for example, myself and Jenny that, you know, we, we're pretty young and we don't have all the answers and, you know, we can learn so much just from a webinar. I could only imagine what people could learn if they actually had a full conversation and they gave you all of the ins and outs of their expenses, how much they're bringing in. So we highly encourage it. And that webinar, I even told you after I uh, finished the webinar, how amazed I was at all of this, this information that I didn't know. And it's just so amazing when you actually take the time and make yourself a priority, all of the things out there that you can learn. Absolutely. I mean, the, the ability to, for me personally, to make an income while making an impact may sound cheesy, but that's exactly what I'm doing. I, I came into this wanting to learn about what the opportunity was, so then that way I could share with a friend whose daughter was looking for, for something to do. And I ended up learning so much myself that I came into the business myself. And to be able to share the the value of the information, what people do with it is up to them, but just to be able to share that information, it, it, brings, it brings me peace because knowing that I didn't have that information growing up, you know, there, there are other people who don't either. And if I can just bring that out there and help share that little nugget of financial literacy with somebody, it, it, uh, it warms. And it's awesome that you can do that. So, um, being able to have you as reference, 
I mean, um, I know you weren't born with this knowledge, so it took you time to learn all these ins and outs. And um, it's awesome that you can share that. So you would save us the time, essentially. And it really doesn't hurt to ask. So um, exactly. I, I think having you as a resource would be amazing for anyone who wants to reach out. Yeah, I'd be happy to share information with anybody who'd be interested. You know, there's a link in my bio. I'd be happy to sit down with anybody. Uh, you know, we could start with like a, a brief phone call. We can sit down for a 30 minute Zoom session. We can have that financial needs analysis. So we can uh, amplify where people want to go, bring some clarity to where you are, and then ensure that you get where you want to go. I appreciate the opportunity. It's, it's um, like I said before, I'm, I'm telling people to start their vision board for next year. And I, I don't, I don't tell people to do something unless I'm doing it myself. And for me, my vision board, it, you know, there are 365 days in the year, and I'd like to, you know, touch at least 365 families. So if I can get the word out to that many people, then that's 365 more empowered families to, who are able to make informed choices. That's awesome that you talk about um, having a vision board, because I'm also a really firm believer of having a vision board. And I feel like the law of attraction plays such a huge role into a lot of our lives. Um, especially when we're entrepreneurs, because you really have to have a vision in order to accomplish your goals. And I feel like this is kind of something that it pretty much aligns. You have to have a vision of what you want for your finances in order for you to be able to plan something out and get the ball rolling. So again, Rosina said that she was willing to do a Zoom call or take a phone call. I highly suggest everyone to please take advantage of this because there is going to be a lot of people who are not going to be as willing to answer your questions and to give you that time. I think if, if there's one takeaway that I would hope that anyone has from this, it's that it's, it's never too late to start. I think a lot of people are struggling with the idea that they're at a certain point in their life and you know it's probably not a topic for them but it's never too late and it's honestly never too early there are people who are in their 20s and they're just not thinking about it and you know what in your 20s you have the benefit of time so you know it it's never too early and it's never too late so the time for the conversation is now well, thank you so much for joining us, and we hope that you found the information that Rosina shared with us beneficial. So like always, remember to keep hustling, but stay humble.